0: This is iFanboy Pick of the Week 659, brought to you by Harry's. Go to harrys.com slash iFanboy to get $5 off a shave set while supplies last. The free shipping until December 12th. And Eero, never think about Wi-Fi again. Get $100 off the Eero base unit and two beacons package and one year of Eero Plus. Visit Eero.com slash iFanboy and at checkout, enter iFanboy. Fanboy pick of the week episode 659. I'm Connor Kilpatrick. This is uh, Josh Flanagan.
1: <laughs> oh, Josh, that's uh, my wrestler name. That's yep. <laughs> when I do the South American circuit, that's what they call me. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Oh, Josh Flanagan, <laughs> we are a fanboy. Whoever their Michael comics. Buffer guy is, that's what he calls me.
0: <laughs> One of us picks their favorite book, we'll call it the pick of the week. We talk about that book and other books from the week, the patron pick. Patron powers, if we have time listener mail. It's fun. It's a fun, good time. I don't know what happened. <laughs> I had some caffeinated tea before the show. That could be it.
1: You uh, there's bits. There's it's almost like a. Do you know who Matt Berry is? There's a little bit of Matt Berry, the British sort of comic actor, in there. Mm-hmm. He will stop sometimes and pause uh, <laughs> uh, before going to the next issue.
0: Go on. Here's your spoiler warning. This yes. is a review show. There'll be some spoilers. Although I can't really think of any this week. Oh, I guess there are. Sure. There always are. Exercise some caution.
1: Use your brain this week. Josh had the pick. I I did have the pick. It was it was not an easy pick. Um I I mean and I always say that and I don't mean to demean the book, but it was not like an obvious thing. I had to I've been saying this a lot lately, I feel like, now that mm-hmm. I think about it. Uh, yeah. pick of the week is farmhand number five. Um, and I think a lot of that has to do with sort of where we are in that story and how I, when sort of analyzing it after the fact, how I was kind of impressed at, I was quite impressed It's sort of how the story has been laid out and mm-hmm. and the, the information uh, is being parsed out in such a way that is like, I'm gra- I want to know more. Very specifically, like, I want to know more about this family and what – the there's there's all these little pieces of things that happened in the past and why everybody's mad at everybody else and all these intricate soap opera-like relationship problems that are going on in the background of this sci-fi body horror story, uh, which is mm-hmm. the same thing. It is also being done uh, – it's written and drawn by Rob Guillory. But it looks like Rob Guillory's work, which is also – there's a contrast to it where like there's a drama here and there's a horror here that's happening, but he still but does funny shit in the middle of it. Right. And it's, it's such a weird mix. And I think it's taken me a little bit to, I've enjoyed it all along, but it's taken me a little bit to sort of get into the flow of the, of the thing and what it is. And I think that it's working. And I think that with issue five, what I felt was I was like, Oh, this is really gelling into a thing. And this basically is the end of the first act. I think we're out until March, if I'm yes. not wrong, uh, so yep. he can he can keep on schedule, you know. But I think a lot of things came together in this issue, and it sort of solidified the fact that I was like, oh, I really do like this. Like my first incident that I read is, oh, I'm enjoying this. I'd like to know more. Through the middle, I was like, I'm not sure what this is gonna be. And as we get to the end of five, I just like, you know, he's he's doing a really good job with this, um, mm-hmm. juggling a lot of sort of disparate elements. Um, I I really think that the character drama, the family. Uh, conflicts and things like that are, are very interesting because it would be one thing to have characters who are mad at each other all the time and sort of interact uh, while fighting, which is really an easier thing to do in a comic book. But this one actually has a thing where like the, the main character who I want to call Rob because mm-hmm. he looks like right. Rob and he's a stand-in for Rob. But you know the main character and his dad, like they definitely have a conflict going on, but they still are interacting with each other all the time the way that families do. Right, And and the same thing with the sister, uh, you know, like they care about each other and they're doing things out of duty and that you have to do for their family. But there are big problems between these people. Um, and then in the background, you have this just this other weird science monster crap going on, which, you know, like everybody came for the um, what is it called? The charcuterie? Is that what they mm-hmm. call No, the boucherie? I'm using boucherie. my different, my different French words, uh, for right. food, uh, where the whole town gets together and they, they, they roast a whole pig and everybody pays and they take some and it, it's it, a, it's a really cool, uh, real local thing that's like, oh, this is a thing that happens in this place. It doesn't happen where I live. So that's interesting. Also, it's a huge roasted pig. So you've got my attention. Right. Um, Deliciousness. Right. Uh, and then, you know, it's boucherie. So, you know, like, oh, man, that's going to be great. Um, Like, and that's a thing that happens where they are, which, which I find interesting. Other, other places that are ostensibly in our culture, but that are, you know, slightly different. And then, you know, they open it up and inside's all green and and weird from the weird science stuff. And like, that's not good. Uh, there's, there's, there's a police chase, there's a procedural going, there's a lot happening here and it's fairly well balanced. I think, um, I really enjoyed the issue, um, I liked a lot about it, I liked a lot of moments from it and at the end it left me with uh, a lot of sort of questions and I want to know what's going to happen next and I don't get to know for quite a while um, Yes I just It's covering a lot of ground and, and doing it pretty well and that's why we're here um, Yeah, I think
0: I think it's good um, I don't love it overall I think we talked about this last the last, the last issue It's I find it maybe more interesting than good. Mm-hmm. And I find it more interesting to see Rob Guillory work through his first book like this, where he's writing and drawing a very intricate story. And he's getting better at it as it's going. Yeah. Um, but I don't know that I love it. I don't even know if I really like it. I, I do like it, but I don't. I, I, I understand where you're coming from completely. There might be too much going on. He might have too many balls in the air. None of them have fallen, but it it is hard to sort of grasp onto any one storyline because there's so many of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I find the horror plant part probably the least interesting part.
1: I, I yeah, I think I'd probably agree with you there. But, but, I I mean, it, but I don't find it irritating. Like when it shows up, I'm like, Ugh, get on with it. I, I there and there are other stories where there is where that is happening. Um, mm-hmm where you can sort of get into part of it and then part of it you just don't care at all about. I want to know the background of this. Like, it it kind of doesn't make sense, and I want to see if he can weave it together. And this guy who's in his overalls, who's also working on a big science factory, and there was a, a brain experiment that went wrong, and I don't know. There's a, there's a lot of things, and I kind of don't mind it. I kind of look at it like... Like a soap opera, or like Mm -hmm. overly over over drama, you know, where it's just wow, this is there's a ton happening, and I don't know that that's a problem. And really, that's up to him to drop the ball or not. Right. Uh, I think
0: tricky. The character stuff is definitely really interesting. The family dynamics are really good.
1: Yeah, and I think that's. I'm finding
0: more the town more interesting because we're only five issues in, but we're we are learning a lot in these five issues, Um, and so I have no doubt that in another five issues or so, it'll be that much more interesting but um I don't I don't dislike it for sure it's good mm-hmm. um yeah this I isn't don't...
1: one of those like uh, you know I'm not going to make this the pick that we can be like this is it. this is the thing for everybody go pick it up now do not go pick this issue up now if you have not been reading it but we yeah. do so many you know like number one issues and and sort of starts of storylines and and I think sometimes I like this week I was at a point where I was like I really want to appreciate something that's you know, in the middle of things that is going really well. And I, and I, and there's a place for that. So like this, you know, this is an ongoing thing. I could do this, I could do this for any issue of Strangers in Paradise that's been coming out, Mm -hmm. something like that.
0: Um,
1: But, you know, in comparison to all the things that we've read that we've been talking about, um, I think this was the one that I I felt I appreciated the most uh, this week. There were a lot of other things that came out that were good that we've definitely covered before. And we have said, oh, this was good. And it was good in the same way. There were no Bendis Superman books this week. Weird. I,
0: I I would like to go back and look at Chu because I'm curious to see how his art has evolved since then because it, we've, we've been – this book – I mean I don't know. I don't remember the lag time between the end of Chu and this book but we've had Rob Guillory art in our lives fairly regularly for like almost 10 years.
1: Yeah. And yeah, so, Two thousand nine.
0: And so the uh, – he's definitely gotten better. I, I'm just curious, I'd be curious to go back and see how much better he's gotten.
1: Uh, yeah, I bet a lot of that falls into sort of his uh, efficiency, but mm-hmm. I know that he's scripting this. Like he's, he, he does a full script for himself beforehand. I think that I think the production is probably better than Chu, certainly earlier on. Mm-hmm. And I think this... I don't know. I think the storytelling, I think there's some things that he's doing here that dynamically wouldn't have necessarily worked in Chu. Right. Uh, there's a bit where the girl, the lady is at the mayor's house and, and there's the trippy thing where the flower is coming out of her eye and it's a two page spread. Yep. Like I wouldn't see that in a chew book. I don't think.
0: No, they're definitely, definitely different books. I, I just, um, I, i I just, I like, I like his art. I just want, I was just curious how, cause it's just, when it progresses that it's like, it's like aging. You look in the mirror every day. You don't really yep. notice how old you're looking.
1: Um, but you know, What is also interesting is that uh, if you look through these books, like there's no, he doesn't cheat. Like he's got you know backgrounds, and he's got like a real sense of place. you look in the background of the boucherie, like there's a shitty shed and a truck, and there's people standing around, and there you know he's he's definitely creating a sense of place in all these these things. You know, there's a there's a window in the in the lab. They're just not blank walls. Like like he's really putting it into it. He
0: doesn't he doesn't skimp. And, (laughs) uh, it makes sense that he needs a couple months to, to load up submissions.
1: And he, he, you know, he'd planned out all of this stuff ahead of time because he didn't want to promise and then not deliver. So whatever that takes, I'm fine with as long as, you know, especially if people are upfront about it.
0: Yeah. And and we've talked about this before. I mean, these kind of books usually need that Mm -hmm. built in. They don't have the infrastructure that a Marvel RDC has to keep it going every other week or whatever that happens now. Yeah. Stuff. Which is fine. And he's re- he's writing and drawing and doing the stuff. and For the first time, I can imagine, yeah. he learned a lot with this first arc. Definitely. Definitely. So the first big release this week was The Green Lantern, number one. Grant Morrison, Liam Sharp, Grant Morrison's return to the DC universe. Cool, creepy, quietly variant cover. Um, this is my pick of the week.
1: I can see that. Um, I, there was a, there was some reasons why it wasn't mine. I think mm-hmm. was that, uh, as I went through it, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a hell of a lot more after Hal Jordan showed up. Mm-hmm. Um, there was some bits at the beginning where it was like all the aliens talk yes. stuff and I hate that. Yeah. You hate phonetic talking. I know. I know, but it's also just like trying to come up with like, like the making up of a, of a, of a, and it's not even that it's it's bad. I just don't like it. Uh, but also, it reminds me of a different time and era of comic books. Like I feel like that was really common at a certain point. I was like, oh, this is like the British comic scene that he came from. You know? Well,
0: this is that's part of the reason why I love this. And, and we've talked before about Liam Sharp, who did uh, Wonder, Woman? Wonder Woman for a while with Rucka, and then he did that Batman Wonder Woman miniseries that he wrote and drew. And and uh, I haven't really connected with his art up until this point because he's just strange enough for this.
1: <sighs> ah. I see what you're saying. It's like the, the drawings are really strange, but the style is not. It's a, The style seems very straightforward. But then... Like, like this is a strange, Grant, Hal Jordan. Like, there's a... Yes.
0: I'm looking at page 24. There's, like, a full-page shot of him. And he's really long and lean, but super muscular at the same time. It, it looks like that era of comics you were just talking about. Yes, it and does. I thought, I thought that really worked for the book. I thought it, it felt... Uh-huh. Right. I, see, I mean, I see there's that. some really terrific stuff in here, but also some really weird stuff. And I mean, if you just go a couple of pages next, page 27, where he's flying up to Oa or to New Oa, and that's a great shot of Hal Jordan. I think there's there's a lot of weirdness here, and I think that probably works for what Grant Morrison is trying to do, which is basically what we had been saying for years: we wanted Hal Jordan
1: to be, which was just Space Cop. I did. At, like by the end of this, I was like, oh, this is the Space Cop story, and they they very much played it that way for a while. It was. It was strange enough that I I was like, which Grant Morrison are we gonna get here? Right. Uh, and and I don't know that that's a bad thing. I just wasn't willing to quite put my chips behind it yet in terms of saying this is your pick of the week. Sure. Uh, but by the end, I was like, all right, okay. This is this is like, it's it, it seems like if there's not a strong Green Lantern book, mm-hmm. like a, a Hal Jordan book, then there's not a strong sense of Hal Jordan anywhere.
0: Yeah cuz he's not like he's not in the Justice League. So we obviously had a, we had two Green Lantern books previous to this. We had Green Lanterns which was Simon Boz and Jessica Cruz and then we had Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern
1: Corps which was everyone else. It was Hal Jordan and Kyle Rayner and Guy Gardner and John Stewart. And but I mean correct me if I'm wrong. I I sampled in both of those but you know neither of them like the the Hal Jordan book didn't stand out to me all that much.
0: No, they were they were solid. They were solid Yeah. and then and then, and then I guess in, in anticipation of this book, they sort of shuffled the creative teams plus the focus. So, like, for instance, strangely, Hal Jordan became a star of the Green Lanterns book while he was also the star of Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps. And then it just sort of got less interesting. Dan Jurgens took over. It was fine. It was it was it was OK. But it didn't feel special. This feels special, and also, what I liked about this book was it completely wiped the table of whatever they were doing before. I mean, they, this, this, this—you could not really read this as the continuing chapter from what, what the those previous stories. I mean, they, they there's
1: a new Oa. Oh, uh, there's all they just basically. Did you? I like, got when like, I started like, it. I thought, have we gone back in time? Are we getting sort of a some sort of an origin story? And then I realized, no, he's he's Green Lantern. He has been for a little while, but yeah. it was definitely there was a very explicit recognition of. Hal Jordan's past, insurance, toy salesman.
0: Yeah, oh yeah, they went through you know.
1: it all. Um, it's still like the, Green, the the Grant
0: Morrison who wrote the first half of Super Gods doing, doing Green Lantern. Yeah. Do you know, I, mean? I feel like he's probably really great for this type of property, which is very much silly Silver Age. Yeah, yeah. Space cop, wacky aliens.
1: I, I think if I had any... I, just because this is how it works, like I had a little trouble g- gaining my ground knowing where I was in things, and I s- still don't quite know. I mean, I, this is clearly – it's a reboot. I'm cool with that. But are we are we in the DC universe proper or are we just – Well, if you go to page 29 in which he's with one of the
0: Guardians and they're talking about how the book of Oa has been rewritten, I mean, that looks like a giant Dr. Manhattan symbol on the book.
1: Oh, yes, it does. Look at that. Oh, don't do that, Grant. Steer clear, <laughs> buddy.
0: So, I mean, I would assume so. And also, if you look at the end, which was awesome, you know, coming soon in Green Lantern, is a shot of him with current Green Arrow. So, uh, I would assume it's right in there.
1: I guess, yeah. What's the uh, – you know what I didn't know what to make of uh, is the end bit. Uh, with yeah, the, I don't know what that is either. Okay, and and maybe I shouldn't, but but the Weaponeer, he's in yellow – He's got it's the dude guy. from the Grant,
0: the Frank Whiteley variant cover. I don't know what that means, but okay. I just think this. if you're going to give Grant Morrison a book and a property he hasn't really done anything with, it's yeah. this one. And he, I mean, he didn't, you know, when he did Justice League, it was Kyle Rayner as Green Lantern. It wasn't yeah. Hal Jordan. So let him do you know, the alpha male of the Silver Age, which he, which is an era he loves so much. I mean, that Hal Jordan in the beginning who gets in the fight with the bums and – and beds ladies and talks about being a toy salesman. And that's, that's silver age Al Jordan right there.
1: Yeah. So Yeah. I mean, I, I think if he can, if he can sort of crystallize who the character is, I think that the benefits will be felt all over the, the other books too. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, yeah. And I, I'm actually in on Liam Shrub for it right now and I wasn't before, so we'll see how
1: that goes. I'm, I, I, I like the observation and the way that sort of, we, you know, you thought about it. And I think that's, valid i don't love it no it's, it's a definitely a
0: particular style that you don't normally like and i don't normally like necessarily either but i just think it feels very much like this is a 90s in the in a good way
1: 90s yeah but you're right there's a weirdness to it that i think you know the like it's like uh, i was gonna say almost like an al like it see like at first blush it's like this is like an alan davis kind of thing Mm-hmm. Like a straight up sort of, uh, you know, or or um, Dan Jurgens, or you know, just like that guy, you know, that sort of does the sort of straight up figures. But then, but then you really do get some creepy monsters here. That is is a different thing. Yeah, um, and you mix those two together, and and that is not what I'm used to seeing. And that you know he's he drew some drew some stuff here, man.
0: This style didn't work really with Wonder Woman, <laughs> and, it, and it didn't work in the Wonder Woman Batman books, for my eyes. But I think it really works here. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to it. Cool. He's he's the Green Lantern. So he's the main one. Yeah, he is. That's well, true. I was thinking about that on Wednesday as I was looking. Like when you hear the name Green Lantern, who do you think of?
1: I mean Hal Jordan. but
0: Right, because the other Green Lanterns are referred to by their names.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Kyle Rayner, you don't think of as Green Lantern. You think of as Kyle Rayner. I
1: did briefly Brown flash to Alan Scott.
0: I'm not going to lie. I did.
1: Yeah, no, but like
0: Guy Gardner is called Guy Gardner. Mm-hmm. You know, John Stewart is called John Stewart. Yeah. He's because Hal Jordan is the, the Green Lantern. Yeah. That's uh, true. Even Alan Scott after Hal Jordan became Alan Scott. Yep, definitely. And now I miss Justice Society. It was a fine book and there's, there's, a, there's a need for it. I'm very curious what you thought of Death of the Inhumans. I'm also very curious what I
1: thought of Death of the Inhumans.
0: <laughs> um, I was kind of bummed because it was much. We love Carrie, Carrie. I was going to say Carrie Elways. I don't know why. Donnie Cates. Carrie Elways <laughs> didn't write this book. As you um, wish. Um, I, I didn't feel like this
1: stuck the landing like at all. I wasn't entirely sure it was a landing. <laughs> um, there's a bit. You know, I enjoyed. Uh, I enjoyed reading it. I enjoyed the bits. I uh, you know, but. Yes, you're right. There's a bit where um, Black Bolt goes in, and he shuts the door on them so that they can't come in because he's figured something out. And I read it three times, and I'm not sure what he figured out. Um, no,
0: because they so the opening the opening of the book, and this is important, is is how there was a prophecy. They go through the Midnight King prophecy again, which has been the whole impetus of this book: is that someone, the one of the Inhumans, will destroy everyone, and Black Bolt. He knows the truth of the prophecy, right? Mm-hmm. And he has he has one more big scream in him before his voice is destroyed. And so the whole buildup is that he's gonna do something really crazy that is the both the prophecy and his final scream. And let's take an interlude to to really appreciate the joke from Beta Ray Bill who doesn't understand the sign language. Yes. That was a terrific, that was a terrific double panel joke. What are we doing? <laughs>
1: um and so you think <laughs> I just think look at it the- again. I like that that he whispers in, but like, like he tries it with Karnak, doesn't get anything out of it, and then he turns to Medusa like, can you help? <laughs> yeah, no, that was a great, I laughed out loud for
0: a good minute. Um, so he goes into the room with all the bad Kree, and he, as you said, shuts the door, and then he's at the return of the the prophecy voiceover, and you think, oh shit, something crazy is about to happen, and all he does is just kill all the Kree.
1: But he did kill, like, so as you go in there, though, so apparently he's using more his not screamy, but his, like, you know, specific. Is he using his big scream, or is he using his little tiny weaponized scream that he's been using? No, it's the big one. Okay. Well, as he goes in there and he looks at the uh, Vox... Voxum? Voxai? Voxai. uh, You see at least one of them is Triton. Oh, yeah, you're right. Uh, So he's killing those guys. Now... Good news is Lockjaw survived this story.
0: Lockjaw survived, Crystal survived, yeah. Medusa survived. I mean, everybody basically but Triton.
1: Right, and then whoever these other guys are supposed to be. And then the other thing I thought was that I I thought that Vox was – I thought that – we like we thought Vox was a person. And then it turned out that Vox was just sort of they make these Voxes – uh, of the out of the bodies, basically of the inhumans in that they capture. But in the beginning, like there's a Vox here. There's that crystal.
0: Yes, in the beginning, it's crystal.
1: Okay. At the end, at the end of the last
0: issue, we saw her becoming a Vox. Mm-hmm. So he killed some of the inhumans, but not the main ones. And I mean, it's like the, it's, it's the death of the inhumans. There's one point where he said the, the inhumans must die as he's screen, doing yeah. the scream, and it just doesn't feel. And like I don't. A, a weighty thing has happened.
1: Well, mostly, then the, he walks out. They say it's over. She says, "Your voice, it's gone now." I know, but I don't think that they, I don't think they hammer that home enough.
0: Yeah, well, because you very only get very subtle. Pages.
1: Yeah, you no, yeah. Out of the room. I, I mean, honestly, voice, it's over. I, I feel like we got shorted an issue. This, I, I feel like this needed to be another issue.
0: Yeah, it just, it just felt. After a very interesting and fun – we really enjoyed the first four issues yeah. miniseries that built up to this big moment. And it felt like we didn't get enough of the moment and or the aftermath. Yeah. Like what does this mean? What does this mean now? Is it Are they putting them on the shelf again? Are they coming back? It, I mean it's, now he's depowered. He's depowered. But all the main Inhumans are alive except for tri, uh, Triton. And, and there might
1: be another one out of those people that I'm not thinking of. But – uh, yeah, it's uh, by the way. It just, I, this is a great cover. That that drawing of uh, Lockjaw on the ground is by Kari yeah. Andrews. It's, a, it's fantastic.
0: It's it was a weird ending. Yeah, I was I was a little disappointed. I was really looking forward. I thought you know the final issue of this great I mean, miniseries we really liked, and it's going to be you know up there. But it just it, it didn't work for me.
1: I I don't think I was that far along, but it was a little baffling. Also. I don't like this Karnak. I want them to make him weird and Kirby <laughs> again with a big head. Not this You don't you don't like Warnell's Karnak? I did like that story an awful lot and I like that in that context, but if we're back to here, I don't want it. i I want him to just look like a weird Well let's
0: machine. maybe put maybe put him on the shelf for a year. Yep. That's fine. The T V show was a bust. You know, let's just let's just put him back on the shelf. The X Men are back.
1: <laughs> are you still reading Nightwing? You know, I kind of forgot that I made the 50 pick of the week, and then I saw that 52 had come out, and I was like, I missed 51. And I feel like that was about a week ago, but whatever. Uh, then I was like, all right, maybe I'll read it. And I saw Scott Lobdell, and I said, Ah, eh, Connor will let me know.
0: <laughs> I actually didn't – I didn't dislike this. I remember we talked about – oh, no, maybe you were out on the show when we talked about 51. Maybe that was Paul. Uh, in 51, Rick Burns, his headquarters – and uh, a, a weirdo cop finds the burned-out headquarters and puts on the Nightwing suit at the end. So in this issue, there's two things going on. One, at the, at the end of the last issue, somebody tried to mug Rick, and he went into Nightwing mode and beat him up, beat him up really bad, sort of unconsciously. And so in this issue, he's dealing with the the fallout of, oh my God, I know I'm I was a superhero. I don't really like it, but inside me there's this sort of, uh, you know, automatic response thing. Mm -hmm. So he's a little freaked out. Although it's fun, he's a little freaked out. And then in the other other sort of storyline is this cop is calling together his three most trustworthy friends, two of whom are cops, one's a fireman, to become the Nightwings. They're going to wear all of his old costumes and fight crime. And it's kind of stupid, but... I mean, if we're going to go for it, let's go for it. So... I also, just, I also just really like Chris Mooneyham's art a lot.
1: Yeah, no, that's that's completely valid. So, like, if he's it's had a personality switch where he's not Dick Grayson... He's Rick. He's, I know, I'm, but... like, In the, fact, r-
0: there is a dialogue. I'm Rick Grayson now. Not even with a K. R-I-C. Oh, fuck that.
1: Like Rick at least, him the, at least give him the K. The whole planet is a city. <laughs> um, <laughs> Can a brother get a K? I mean, no. Um, but like, okay, so if he's if he's lost that thing and he doesn't like being a superhero, that is 180 degrees from the one guy who loves being a superhero. Yeah, and, and uh, that's problematic to me.
0: He, I mean, he recognizes there's fun in being able to. Jump from the rooftop onto his cab, which he does here, like a aerialist. But he's a little scared of what's inside of him, only because he doesn't consider himself someone who can really destroy someone with his fists. You know what I mean? And that's sort of interesting. Like, yes. you know, what? What is this? What is this like? It's sort of like the Jason Bourne thing. You know, he wakes up on a right. bench. He can destroy that cop. And he doesn't really understand why. And that's kind I, of what we, we we basically have Jason Bourne here.
1: I. It's true, but what I feel like what happens is the second that he starts to realize, like he, if he says like I I I'm enjoying this or something, like that's when I feel like I don't know. I'm rewriting. It, I didn't even read it, but like it's the essence of his character is that he's the one who has fun doing it, mm-hmm. and it's that's I don't know. Like if he's not realizing that, and not doing it, then then what's the point of it? Like are you just gonna go back to it? He's well. The really the really tough. weird thing here is. And I don't
0: know if this is a good or a bad thing. Is so when Peter Parker was taken over by Doctor Octopus, that was fine because at the end of the, you knew at the end of the day he was going to be back as Spider-Man. And any of these stories, when the main hero is taken over by someone else, that you know that at the end of the day the story is how to seek it back to where he was. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's going to happen with Nightwing because I know there is a hit out on him from the upper echelon of DC. Mm-hmm. So. That is kind of exciting, even if I don't like it, because I don't know that I don't know that, it, don't know that it's going to return to status quo at the end. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. I don't. This this whole book could wrap up not in five issues. We never
1: see Rick again. I mean, you know it will happen. But you just don't know when that end actually will be, and what regime will be in charge. of I it. I might be sixty
0: five years old when I yeah. finally get someone new in charge of DC, and he's gets to be Nightwing again, or you know. Hey, I'm Dick Grayson. I don't know. So that is kind of exciting, only only in the fact that you know when everybody freaked out about Superior Spider-Man, I was the one being like, just chill out, and this is going to end, and he's going to be back. I don't know that I can say that about Nightwing. Anyway. So that's... I think I think
1: you can. <laughs> I think it's just close to home for you. And what's funny is though, is you're actually experiencing it the way that you're supposed to experience it. This right. is the point: is to feel like that. Right.
0: The Mooneyham art is really terrific. Mm-hmm. He has a Romita Jr. thing going on, but a more fluid nice. Romita Jr., which yeah, is which I really like a lot. Let's take a quick break and talk about Harry's. It's the holiday time as much as you don't want it to be. There's I see holiday stuff everywhere, Josh. I don't know about where you are, but they're selling Christmas trees at the local uh, gardening place near my office. Sure. And I just feel like that's too soon. Your tree's gonna be dead by the time Christmas runs around. But let's not talk about trees. Uh, So guys can be hard to shop for. I know that. I've got a lot of men in my life who I see a couple times a year, family members mostly. And it's, you know, I don't know what they're into. I don't know what gadgets they've got. But it's really simple to get them a shaving set. And Harry's is the perfect gift for that. I've actually used Harry's in the last two previous Christmases to give out as gifts. Maybe even three, actually, now that I think about it. Who's Uh, left for you
1: to give Harry's to then?
0: Well, I still have a couple. I have a couple. There was, uh, there was a uh, my I got, my brother got one three years ago. My uh, s- my father in law got one. My my sister in law's boyfriend got one. So I still have a couple I can give out to people. Okay, um, it's a perfect gift because you get the entire shaving set. You know, you get everything you need in one box. It's not just like, oh, hey, I was in the airport and I got you this thing. This was, was like this is like a nice. Mm-hmm. Gift set you can get when you get from Harry's. And you can be like, I use this and I love it. Right. And I can I can talk it up. And also, as we're going to discuss in a minute, you can get it engraved to make it even even more special. Nice. So it's it's a really is the perfect holiday gift. If you're having trouble with that man in your life who you don't know what they want, give them a shave set. Almost almost every man needs to shave. Mm-hmm. And uh it's it's a good it's a good set for that. So let's talk about Harry's. Harry's is a four point five out of five star rating on trustpilot. Which is great. And they have got the German engineered blades for as two dollars each. It's a practical gift that everyone will use who gets it, everyone needs to shave. It'll save him money on blade refills if they decide to go that way. You can definitely talk up that point. That's a very that's a big selling point. And you can as I said, you can personalize it to make it feel special. You can you can get the handle engraved, which is nice. You get three letters. You can do the classic initials, or if you've got a three lettered male friend, you can give them just their name. It's nice. R I C I see exactly. You can get, it for, get it for Rick Grayson. There's a whole bunch of colors you can choose that are you can you, you can if you know they are into the color green, you can get them a green one. I have a I have an orange one myself. Uh, and they have limited edition holiday handles, so you, you can give them a special you know limited edition. Everyone loves limited edition stuff. They love feeling special. Personal engraving options, ready to gift. It comes in a ha- handsome gift box. I can attest to this. And a gift set starts at just ten dollars, and there's a hundred percent quality guarantee. That if you don't love it, he can return it, and it's hassle free which is great because sometimes you have to return a gift. You know, it's unfortunate, but sometimes it happens. So here's a special offer for fans of our show. We've partnered with Harry's to give you $5 off any shave set. If they start at $10, at $10 that's quite a hefty discount. Including the limited edition holiday set when you go to harrys.com ifanboy. Plus you'll get free shipping. This offer is for new and returning customers. It's only available for the holidays. So if you've already gotten a Harry's set through us, you can you can also take part in this this giveaway as well. Each Harry's shaving set comes with an ergonomic weighted handle, with an option to engrave, in German engineered five blade cartridges for, that provide a close comfortable shave, foaming shave gel for a rich lather, a travel cover to protect your blades, and a handsome holiday gift box. What more could you like? Or if you just want something for yourself? You can redeem the Harry's trial offer to experience a quality shave before committing to getting that for your man in your life. So that seems like a great deal to me. So here's what you do. Get all your holiday shopping done super early. Get rid of the stress. Don't worry about it. Free shipping ends on December 12th, so you should act now. Only a couple of weeks. Go to harrys.com slash ifanboy to get $5 off a shave set while supplies last. That's harrys.com slash ifanboy. And if the shave set started at 10 bucks, you, you really can't go wrong here. Let's talk about Batman 58 from Tom King and Michael Janin. Michael Janin. Um, I was not thrilled to see Bane. I had forgotten about that storyline. It was one of my least favorite storylines on this run, but I actually did like this issue.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I kind of forgot that that was a thing, and I was like, all right, this is the overarching bit. That the whole, I, whole story, I, I, actually. I really liked the... <laughs> is it been everything since the beginning? Almost. But I think once
0: he started started the uh, like mythology of his uh-huh. run, it was pretty early on that he fought Bane. We didn't like it. It was... But then I guess the whole point is that he somehow caused
1: their breakup. So this has all been Bane. That's right. Yeah. You you know what's interesting is this is a, this is issue fifty eight. You know, this is the equivalent to a five what we would have called a five year run, which right. is a fairly significant mark on a character on something for me that's still like if you were to ask me feels new. Well, yeah, because it's been like two years. I know, but even that's a long time. So that's that's interesting to me. Um, but, I really. They were. and I don't know much about. Um, I don't feel like I know much about Penguin, one way or the other. So the the person who was killed was that his daughter or his wife? I guess his wife. I, I don't remember that character. Okay. Um. Either way, I really I really like the sequence of. All right, bring me a top hat, a tuxedo, and an umbrella. Fights Batman. Gets checked into Arkham. Like that's what he has to do to go take a meeting. Right, right. Um, which I thought I thought that was a really fun sequence. And you, he could have made that last for like half the issue. I would have been fine, but he did it in three pages.
0: Yeah, that was a really smart sequence. So but Penguin has to go meet Bane, so he fights Batman, gets thrown in Arkham. Mm-hmm. Bane gives him some orders because Bane's running everything, I guess, secretly. But but I like that the, the swerve that Penguin uh, does not follow the orders.
1: I think that was a big swerve because I was like, please don't do the Alfred thing again.
0: I was like – so the whole thing is Bane wants Penguin to kill Alfred – and I was like, "Hasn't the poor man suffered enough? He didn't have a hand for like two years." We're not talking about that. <laughs> so, <laughs> also, so the 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 plan was they 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 throw a bird, a dead bird, through the window, which causes him to clean up. They're going to shoot him in the head. Don't you feel like he would have like really strong or bulletproof glass
1: everywhere? I do, I do, and I also feel like he would have excellent instincts. Alfred himself. Yeah. I mean, he's just cleans, feel like the house is uh, a bit more impenetrable than just cleans, sort of being able yes. to throw a bird. Yeah, and he'd, he'd have like like they'd have radar that there's a helicopter yeah. in their airspace, right. or that somebody had gotten close enough to throw a a uh, a bird into it. You've got Alfred, who moments ago was cleaning a Tyrannosaurus tooth while hanging from the ceiling upside down in a huge cave. You know, he's not an incapable person.
0: No, um, but I'm glad they didn't shoot him. I'm glad that, that yes. there was a swerve. But that was interesting.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. The, the Penguin Swerve on the last page really made the issue work, I think. I also like that, um, despite
0: Commissioner Gordon's best efforts, not even Batman will talk about how dumb it is
1: with Nightwing right now. No. Why would—no, don't. No, it's no. no need to. <laughs>
0: um, are you reading The United States versus Murder, Inc.?
1: I am. I happened to notice that I didn't grab this at the last second, and then I read it quickly, but I did feel as if I hadn't been reading it.
0: So the reason why I want to talk about it is because they haven't done a really good job of explaining that this is the second volume. There was apparently a first volume of this, which I, I, I ordered online on a trade and, and read it a couple of months ago. And I feel like if you haven't read that volume, there's just no idea what's going on in this book. But I could be wrong. Cause I mean, I, I had no idea what was going on in this book.
1: Okay. This is the one where the first two issues, I thought, because I thought they were fairly straightforward and, and new. It was the girl and her dad is, a, or her uncle's the hitman because her parents right. are killed and she trains, she's trained to be a hitman and then she has to kill him and that's how he wants it. And I was like, all right, I know this story. And then this story, I was like, what the, what is this? I was very this, lost.
0: This, this is the issue that's tied in the most to what's happened in the past, which is the big war between the five families and the government, as the title of the book suggests. Um, it just seems odd to me that they don't call this volume two, that they don't really let you know. But, yeah, there's a whole backstory here that they're playing on that happened in the previous volume. And I can't imagine this is very uh, comforting to new readers, this issue, as the
1: government takes it up a notch and blows up the five families with a drone. I mean, I, 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 it's a it's a valid thing. It's no different than what they're doing in Scarlet, which I think I did actually read. I wasn't going to, and then I did. Um but the way that this was sold uh, it was like it was a new issue or a new series and i was down with it i was like all right cool let's go with this and and i was very thrown off on this yeah
0: well there is another volume if you're interested <laughs> it was
1: good <laughs> i don't know if i am now
0: so <laughs> i don't know how we missed a bendis uh, michael evan Oming book but...
1: i have no recollection of that i remember genius the thing that he did with bagley right and For one i issue. think he did- was it only two one? Issues? I think it was two. Issues. It was not a lot, not, but it doesn't matter cuz I didn't really want it. I, I I don't yeah, you're right. I have no recollection of this at all. Yes, yeah, no thing. it's crazy. I I, it, I don't know when it came out, but
0: I guess they're assuming that if you're reading these you've read all of like the same thing with Scarlet, If it's if it's a continuation, but Which
1: is which is valid, but also I think like it's sort of you know. Like he 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 he'd rebooted powers a few times and when he would come back to it like when he brought powers to Icon you could have jumped on there. And so that's right. what I, that's what this felt like. It, I wouldn't have known the difference for two issues I was in and then third issue I was what the fuck who I I was genuinely <laughs> thrown because I had no I was like I've seen this. I know I've read these issues. It's only 3 so I haven't missed one and what is happening? Yeah. I didn't even know who anyone was.
0: Yeah. It that was tough. This was the one that was really tight. Eh, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? You think they would reprint it though.
1: I guess I don't know. I don't know how long ago it was. I don't know how many issues it was. <laughs> I don't know who published it. I think it was six, and I believe
0: you know it was published under Icon. Okay. Whatever. It felt, it felt like a six-issue trade from uh-huh. the heft of it. But
1: what is the Outer Darkness number one? This is uh, John Layman's new uh, series from Image. Um, it is a space sci-fi kind of Star Trek. There's a ship, uh, there, there's some folks on it, there are aliens, um, it's got its own sort of set of politics and, you know, uh, dangers and stuff like that, and, uh, I did not expect it, I did not know what it was going to be, um, most of the crew seems to be black, the, the big boss man, or there's some, some sort of, you know, like, uh, shady contact is is an Indian. There's a lot of Indian Hindu kind of folks. Um there's aliens. The the ship, he get like basically like there's this captain, and he's, you know, he's like Kirk. He he you know he he skirts the rules, but he gets the job done and then he forces them to give him a ship at the end and he gets his old ship back. And uh you know he's you know he he plays tough to get his ship back, and then he's walking on, and all the new people are disrespectful to him, and then they find out he's the captain, so they do, and then he finds out that his ship has been uh, fitted with a, a god engine. Hmm. A, I think a god engine, and he goes into the engine room, and it's like a demon in a big jar, who powers the ship, and they have to feed it with a sacrifice. So they bring it some criminals, and the hmm. the ship uh, eats the criminals. And then they go into warp mode. Like it's it's a weird Star Trek spinoffy well, thing. Well, I like
0: the art. It's F. Af- well, who's it?
1: Uh, Afu-, Afu Chan. Who's- Chan. I like the art. Yep. I think the art works really well. It's kind of a. It's got kind of a um, production technique to it that makes it look sort of old and faded. As so I'm going, going on to an iPad.
0: Going to download it right now.
1: Yeah. Um. And I I I, I enjoyed it. I did. You know, it's like a thing I didn't expect it. And this context, like. You know, I've I, this gets done on TV a lot, and I, it's done in parody a lot. But I was like, this is just a straight ahead like space mission Star Trek kind of deal, and I was like, oh, that's kind of fun. I hadn't, I hadn't thought of that in a little while. And in that context, you know, the supernatural or the space, you know, that all that all works for for me in there, as opposed to like with other books where it feels like it's shoehorned in. Like I was like, oh, it fits here, it's fine. I liked it. So I liked it, it was... a lot better than his other book, which also came out this week. The Oh yeah, Godzilla Leviathan. one, Leviathan. Yeah. yeah. Which is I decided fine. not to continue with it.
0: I don't think I did either. Speaking of shoehorning into something, the Immortal Hulk number eight in which a person is stuffed inside the Hulk. <laughs> what did you think of this one? I love this book.
1: <laughs> I like that it, I just like that it makes no sense. It messes with all of my expectations uh, and it keeps me surprised and interested the whole time. Um, I don't have a lot of expectations for what, the Hulk is. I'm not super committed to the character. Hulk would do this, Hulk would not do that, blah, blah, blah. And so for me, it's just watching somebody kind of stretch out, uh, and, and do things that I don't I don't know what they're gonna do. So it's sort of that you you know, it brings back that mystery. Like I don't know what this book is gonna do and I enjoy that.
0: So strange science aside, so as we talked about last issue, the he the Hulk was captured and they cut his body up into many parts yes. and stuffed them into jars. So he couldn't reform, which is, I guess is a thing the Hulk does. I wasn't, I wasn't aware. Um, he manages to escape here, and in the form, course of reforming, he reforms around that a sadistic doctor, mm-hmm. and so he's inside the Hulk. Um, At <laughs> the end, when he goes back to being Banner in a weird, very weird, creepy transformational way, which is also un Hulk like, um, Banner says. When he emerged, he felt queasy, infected. There was a terrible certainty in his gut that a long-held line had been crossed. The Hulk had taken a life. The Hulk's taken a lot of lives.
1: That's what the Hulk does. I don't think you're wrong, but also I don't care because I was like, okay, if you're setting this up as the reality of this thing, then I'm going to go with that. Mm -hmm. And that's how I decided to go with it. I had the same thought for sure. Um, But I thought that if you're doing this Hulk story within the – the horror context, basically, which is what's been happening. Like, this all worked. This was, you know, uh, John Carpenter, you know, the thing, weird, creepy, you know, and the, and the Hulk is what it is. I, the Hulk, this personality that they've given the Hulk in this is super creepy. I think it works. All right. I'm, I'm still on, but with my fingertips. Okay. I mean, I, listen, at a certain point, I'll be like, okay, that's enough of it. But for now, I'm, I'm enjoying it. And I think that... I don't know. It, the whole thing is just odd enough. Like the artist is kind of an artist that I wouldn't really pick for this, and but he's doing it. Like I think it works. Joe Bennett, yeah. Yeah, it all kind of works. There's an inker and – I mean like it's just like – it's a lot of weird things. And it's it's an art – it's a writer who I've seen around a lot but never really connected with. Um, I feel like they're just kind of letting them do their thing and, and there's a there's a vibrancy to that I think.
0: So those are the books we wanted to talk about. If you go to ifanboy.com, you'll find the post for this show. You can talk about the books you read as well but the patrons have their say over every week at patreon.com slash ifanboy everybody who signs up to support the show gets to vote to add a book to the rundown this week the heavy favorite Marvel Knights 20th anniversary special number one written by Donny Cates art by Travel Foreman inks by Derek Friedolf colors by Matt Mila letters Corey Pettit and I when I saw this on the list I was like oh am I gonna read that and then I thought well Number one, it's Diana Cates. Number two, I mean, Marvel Knights is one of the most important things that's happened in comics in the last in our lifetimes. And it brought us back to Marvel. And Sure, I'll read it. Sure. And the art aside, which we'll get to in a second, mm-hmm. I actually really liked the story. I thought this if, this, if you told me this was the first issue of a new Marvel event, I would say this is the best opening to a Marvel event that I've read in a while. It's not a Marvel event. I'm just saying, if 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 you told me if that's what it was, right, I would totally be down for it. Whereas yeah. Matt Murdock who doesn't know doesn't remember who he is, and everybody is familiar yet different. Frank Castle's a cop, and uh, Bullseye's there. It, it everything is just slightly changed. So someone has fussed with the reality, and I thought that was a really compelling uh, way to go through and sort of run into all these characters who were part of a big part of Marvel Knights back in the early 2000s.
1: So I have some comments. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to add something to the list. Okay. What? Oh, oh. The list. So oh. I need the... Whoever out there is keeping track of this kind of thing. Right. So I'm reading the digital comic. I'm going through yeah. it. I get it. I, I'm not going to say this made a huge impact on me. I read it before I knew it was the pick of the week. Or not the pick of the... the patron pick. Patron pick, yeah. Um, and I, you know, like I was like, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's 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 an alternate sort of thing. He he does he knows who he is, but nobody else does. And everything's a little weird. Fine, but I've seen it. There wasn't a whole lot that was making me... Uh, Super interested in it. Um, And then I get to page 24. Uh, I'm not paying attention to how long it is. Mm -hmm. I'm here. Karen. It's Karen Page. Flip. uh, Two-page spread. Big logo. says Marvel Knights. There's all the credits. I stopped reading there. That's your
0: thing that you keep doing. You, I, you have to scroll to the end of the book always.
1: I don't think to do it. This is the problem with to. digital. Okay, I, that's fine. The point being, this—that's not the thing I hate. I can, I can take uh, credit or, or blame for that or whatever. But motherfuckers need to put the credits in a place and stick with it. I have to do the scripts for this show, and I have to put the credits on the script, and I never know where it is, and it's driving me insane. The Green well, Lantern is- book—it was halfway through the book. Most eh. of the Marvel books, they put at the beginning. Sometimes they put at the end. I'm fine with it. This this is served as sort of the ah. post the post credits, you know. I don't break. want that. I just just get it out of the way. Don't use the credits as as a dramatic moment. Be better than that. I don't like I, it. Like, you just don't ever go all the way to the end. I always go all the way to the end. I never know you never know what you're gonna miss. I'm moving, man. I gotta see what. I mean, I get it. And then at the end, like I just read it now because it wasn't that much to it. Kingpin doesn't know who Daredevil is, and then Doctor Doom shows up with Taskmaster and Crossbones. Great. Um, What happened to the art? Well, he's got an inker, right? And that was not a good thing. I think that had a lot to do with it. I thought it was a. You know what's funny is that I thought that the travel form and art was more. um, uh, It was like they had mainstreamed it. Like it just was like more palatable than I guess his normal stuff. They Um, took all the personality out of it. A lot of it, yeah. I mean, there's a couple of times where it shines through.
0: It, I think it were it was there in the Karen sequence. But I mean, I was really excited when I saw Travel Foreman's name on it, and I felt like they just sort of uh, who was the who was the inker on uh, Kirby? Um, Vince who, Coletta? who raced all his lines. Vince Coletta. they Vince Coletta'd it.
1: I also I think the I don't think the color worked. Yeah. For this, it it it, it has that weird. Um, Maybe they were going for a retro early two thousands more. Yeah, that's what it had that weird waxy rubbery. Maybe that's thing what they were doing on a lot of it. The color back then was terrible for Marvel. They hadn't figured out the coloring yet. Yeah, and there's bits where uh, if you look in the office, let's say page uh 17 mm-hmm. Um you can see Travel Foreman there, but like it just flattened them out. Everything Yeah, I was really disappointed in the way it looked. Yeah. Uh, it was not great. And and I really like Travel Foreman, but it's almost like the edges edges were rounded off but then there's bits of it that are great there's a sort of a collage thing on page 10 where it's in the target and you see his or not the target his radar things and you see all the stuff going on there's a painting part in there where you know a lot of cool things there but then other parts that were not cool Yeah I, I mean it's a weird it's a weird mm-hmm. weird book and I guess it's I mean
0: obviously it's not just a one issue even though it's a, it's called special but uh, okay. I'm I'm not sure what to do, so let's do ratings on it. Um, ratings, ratings out of five, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it a three, even though I enjoyed it because I mean three is okay. It's an enjoyable, it's an enjoyable rating, but mm-hmm. I, it would have been higher had the art been actual travel foreman and not travel foreman with the personality removed.
1: Uh I, I, I would say that the art didn't bother me so much as much as I noticed it. Um, like, examining it now and looking at it, it's like, not really event book status, but I don't know that that's what it's supposed to be. What I still don't I guess, I don't think the story was particularly something I hadn't seen before. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a little, you know, like a Twilight zone kind of thing. Um, nobody knows who Daredevil is, but they kind of do, and all the people are there. But really nothing sort of new to that. But also, what does that have to do with Marvel Knights? And also, what even is Marvel Knights now? If I'm being honest,
0: well, it's just a tribute, so it's going to be. There'll be probably all the major characters from those books, which is Daredevil and. So is this uh, Marvel Jessica Knights? Jones. Is this like Ultimate
1: Spider-Man? It's just a, it's just a tribute. It's a 20th anniversary tribute. So and then it's, that it's, changed. Like yeah, Marvel Knights changed what it was for a while. Marvel Knights stuff was like, no, those were Ultimate books. I'm getting it mixed up. Yeah,
0: no, it'll yeah. just be Punisher and Daredevil, and you know maybe yep. Jessica Jones. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah.
1: It'll just be a little one one miniseries tribute. Remember when they made uh, the Punisher into an anime angel? Yeah, I didn't read that. Yeah, this is a good call.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so are you going to stick with the rest of this miniseries? I might. Did you give it a rating? Three. Three, all
1: right. Yeah, I think I will.
0: Yeah, probably. I mean, Doctor Doom and
1: Taskmaster. I, there's a lot to like. It's just that there wasn't a lot that felt special. That's what I'm... I,
0: that's That's 100% accurate.
1: You know what? It does feel a little bit special. What's that? That's my Eero router system Mm. that I've got here. Uh, The the way that this works is we're all in different spaces, uh, and most of us have been getting by with a single router, and you know the deal is that you... You know, oh, it works good. Don't don't go in that room. doesn't work in that room. doesn't work in that bathroom. You can't get anything to go in there. And if, listen, if there was anywhere that the Wi-Fi needs to work. Anyway, <laughs> uh, the single router model doesn't work for our high bandwidth world. Everything you're doing all the time now is connected, and you want that to be on there. It's simple physics. So uh, if your, your Wi-Fi waves don't go through walls, and just, you know, it's like asking a light bulb that's in your living room to light up your master bedroom. So what you need is a distributed system. And this is what offices have had for years, and it's always been very expensive and sort of difficult to do in a home system. System. But with Eero, you can install enterprise-grade Wi-Fi system in your home just a few minutes. You download the Eero app on your iOS or Android device. It will walk through each step of the process. It is quick, easy, and painless. And I have done this, and it really is easy because I have installed a lot of routers in my days. Um, and this was <laughs> the sort of simplest. And I was like, oh, that is much nicer than how I've been doing it for a very <laughs> long time. Uh, you know, Wi-Fi routers is currently very tough to manage and optimize. If you ever go into the uh, sort of uh, the admin page for your router Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for years, that's where uh, our former host of the show, Ron, would get a call from. us, like, what am I supposed to set this at? Oh, you set the <laughs> DNS filter to do I'm like, ah, dude, slow <laughs> it up. Uh, it's really... Taken the Wi-Fi thing and moved it into more of a consumer product kind of thing. Still works really well, but sort of in terms of interface, you don't have to have an IT degree to be able right. to handle it. Um, the, the Eero app lets you manage your network from the palm of your hand. You're going to know how many devices are connected at all times, as well as the internet speed, which is my favorite part of the app. I'm looking, I'm like, oh, I'm getting 256 down. That's awesome. And I can see like which uh, point my, my phone is connected to and what things are connected to those things really easily and quickly. Um, it's state-of-the-art WPA2 encryption because it controls the hardware and the software for your whole network and make sure they're always secure. Traditional routers don't push software updates to their customers so they're left vulnerable. So basically, you have to remember to go into your admin setting and it says, oh, there's a new firm. When you go, oh, uh, Eero does that stuff and it lets you know that it's going on. Um, it's done a couple of updates. They were pretty flawless for me. Um, there is great customer support, which is really a thing that if you read uh, reviews on the company, you'll see. Uh, it's it's They've really invested in it. You can call and get a hold of a Wi-Fi expert within 30 seconds. If you have any problems with your connected devices, or any of the stuff the experts at ERA will walk you through it um, and, and if you're not sure what it is the system would be best for you you can also call them and talk about it so um, like I said I've been using it now since whenever the last time they sponsored the show uh, I've been using it and I've, I've been on there since then I've had I've had a great experience it has increased the range within my home I have a big old house and who knows what sort of lead is lining the walls um, but I have uh, you know I have a point upstairs I have a point downstairs it works better uh, in the corners of the house where it didn't before and it's very steady um i haven't had dropping uh, it's been a really good experience for me and like i said the interface really is incredibly usable and kind of cool um i like to check it out and, and sort of see Like, oh it's all working that's good um anyway like i was saying <laughs> uh i've no i've really enjoyed it there's a lot of things to it that i feel like i want to get into, into detail i'm like pull back josh um, but it really is simple. I set it up within a few minutes, at, you know, like a couple of months ago, and I haven't had to do a thing. Uh, you can never think about Wi-Fi again. That's the deal. You want to get this is exactly what I'm saying. Uh, you can get a hundred dollars off the Eero base unit and two beacons package. So the base unit basically functions as your main router, and then the beacons are sort of to extend the pla- extend the signal to other parts of your house. Um, one year of Eero Plus is included with that, which is sort of their. Uh, Hyper uh security program and 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 that. Uh you can go to Iro.com slash iFanboy uh and check out uh using the code IFanboy when you do that. It's a hundred dollars off the base unit and two beacons package. It's very nice. The whole the whole experience and packaging is super cool. And I I was really glad to be uh on that. So thank you. So you can podcast from anywhere in your house. I am doing so as we speak. All right.
0: Well, thanks to Eero. But let's talk about some more patrons. Every week at patreon.com slash ifanboy, you can uh, help the show out. We we do appreciate that. We have our stretch goals we're trying to hit. We're getting closer every day. In addition to the voting on the patron pick, as you give it the $5 higher level, you get to have your very own patron superpower given to you. Sometimes it's dumb. Sometimes it's not so dumb. We'll find out live on
1: the show. We're going to find out right now. uh, Ryan Tardif... Has the power to cause spontaneous laughter in anyone he chooses. So he, like, zaps you and you start laughing. Yeah, or just or like, it like, almost think like it like the purple man. Mm. He wants you to start laughing. You can just start laughing. That's all he can do. Can't change your mind. Can't make you do something you don't want to do. he uh, right. just make you laugh. Now, he could say a joke and then cause you to laugh, and you would think that that was because the joke was really funny. You could just start getting the giggles. Um, right. He causes spontaneous laughter, though, in whoever he chooses. Humans. Can't make dogs laugh. Can't make dogs laugh? All right. What about hyenas? I mean, not any more than they normally would. I see. Okay. Aaron Turner can emit
0: a sauna-like steam from his body. Hmm.
1: So he... uh, Nothing else. You're keeping your clothes clean. Unless it's suede. And then don't wear suede, Aaron. Keeps them pressed mm-hmm. for sure. But he, you know, if you
0: were in a room with him and you really wanted to, he could turn the room into a steam room. He could get your pores nice and open. That's nice. And if you sprayed him with a eucalyptus spray, you all you'd all have a nice thing going.
1: Mm-hmm. I think that's so very he, nice.
0: He can also, you know, steam can also be used for subterfuge. Okay. So there's a lot of
1: a lot of opportunities for Aaron Turner here. But he, he has terrific skin as a result of I'm it. sure. Yeah, no, it's great. Yeah. And he's, if he had a beard, for example, that would also be soft and, and lustrous. It's nice. It is nice. I like that idea. Rego Nurse uh, raps everything, and he does it really well. He, he has, only speaks in raps? Yeah, he speaks. Everything he says is in raps, so it rhymes. There's a meter to it. There's a definite flow. Yeah. Um, but that's that's how it all comes out, as if as if he was in an early '90s Baz Luhrmann film. I don't know if that was a thing that was actually done in that, but I picture it that way. So, like uh, Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, yeah. Did they rap in that, or do they just sing? I don't remember. Okay, it's well, been like how many years since i movie there's came out? definitely there was definitely some rapping in it. Hmm. I'm there's probably a there's probably a better example of some sort of. I bet there's a really bad movie where they're like, no, it'll be teenagers, but everything they say is rap. It's a rap opera. It's terrible. But when Rigo does it, much better than that. It's really good. It's just like, wow, that's, that's an impressive bit of rhyming there. Um, Could he win a Grammy? Everything. Oh, yeah, easily. I mean, you know, talent is subjective, but it's objectively good.
0: Matt Wiggins, through, through the art of touch, can optimize any electronics. So you know, make he, he could touch your TV and the settings would all be to their optimal optimal settings. No more uh, image smoothing for you, old man TV or Ron's TV. Um, if he touched your computer, it would you know clear out all old files and uh, make sure everything's up to date. But it would happen at a touch, so it's all automatic. Tell you what, that guy doesn't need to go anywhere near my Eero. It's all <laughs> no, good, exactly. But he could optimize everything, everything I like electronic. That. Yeah. It's, it's 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 at its peak settings and peak performance.
1: So according to that, like like you'd hand Matt your phone and you'd be like, I guess it did make sense to put everything on iCloud instead of local backup. Because I never quite know.
0: Right. He, he, that's, if, if that's what's best for the device, mm-hmm. he will optimize it. Yeah. I did go to a full iCloud system. He lives in a world where he doesn't understand anyone's problems with technology. So everything works really great. I don't does he not
1: understand the specifics of it? Because that would be the best part. Yeah, no, he doesn't. He just says,
0: he, he <laughs> "Hey, what is this here that you set up?" I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Works better though, doesn't it? Yes.
1: <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Shall um, we do an email? Sure, but if you wanted to get, you want to get one of those powers, make sure oh. you get over to Patreon.com, Patreon.com/IFanboy at five dollars or or higher, and we thank everybody who supports us for that. Now, let us email. Andrew from Barcelona says, I'm in crisis. Uh-oh. I've I've never read any of the DC crisis events, and I've always wanted to. Which crisis events and or tie-ins would you recommend I read, and which are your favorites? I've been thinking about doing this for years. I like that. And I hope to find the time during this holiday season. Thanks for the suggestions. Didn't we try to find Andrew a, a comic shop, or is that a different Barcelonan? Maybe,
0: but okay. what are the odds of two... Barcelona and Andrews listening to I our mean it's show. it's it's a major metropolitan city. That's true. So I'm doing a cursory check of our YouTube page, and I don't see the Crisis show we did, which means it was one of those shows that got axed
1: by Discovery. Uh, um, so that's not going uh, to help. You'll just have to you'll have to call on your on your innate knowledge of crises.
0: We did a whole half hour on all the DC Crisis stories, but that's no longer on the internet, so never mind. Um, which ones should you read? Well, I mean, if you really want to go into crisis, you should read the the one that started it all, Crisis on Infinite Earths. Now it is a book written in the 80s, so it's going to read very differently than comics now. And I don't know if you're someone who's into that or capable of enjoying that. But that's if you're going to do it, you should you need to read the granddaddy of them all, and uh, and do that. Read Crisis on Infinite Earths, and. I mean, I like almost all of them. All the ones called Crisis Zero Hour sucks. Don't read Zero Hour. <laughs> um, I liked I liked uh, Infinity Infinite Crisis a whole lot. I think that's a really great one. Um, you can definitely pick it up and read it on its own. I love Final Crisis. Um, I even love an Identity Crisis, which is not a Crisis book, even though it's called has Crisis in the name. I I, I recommend all of them. Just get get the collections of. Uh, uh, Crisis on Infinite Earth, and Infinite Crisis and Final
1: Crisis. Those, that's sort of like the Crisis Trilogy, if you read those three. Do you think—I'm uh, trying to—like, I, I feel like you could go and read Crisis on Infinite Earth without much context. If you're can, if you you're okay being a little comfortable with just sort of piecing it together. I'm wondering how much the other two, like Final Crisis, well, were tied into what was going on at the time. The
0: first one, for sure, because it was written in the time when—oops, yeah. oops, I just turned my phone on. It was written in a time when— you know, they gave you all the information on the page. So when I was a kid, I read it piecemeal. I read whatever issue I could find in a comic store. So right. I didn't even read it. I didn't even read it, read it linearly. And it's fine. If a, if a 10-year-old can do that, then then so can you as an adult. But um, Infinite Crisis, as I recall from having read it however many years ago we did that show, mm-hmm. uh, as long as you have a knowledge of the DC Universe, then I think you're fine. And I, I think that's true for all these books at the, ultimate, at the end of the day, if you, as long as you know the characters. You may not get all of the things, all the references and all the things that are happening, but, you know, they're supposedly written for a wider audience, right? They hope more people will pick it up than normals. Yeah. So,
1: I don't think that happened with Final Crisis, though. It did really well. I know that, but it just, it was, it was pretty dense. But they all are dense. I, okay, so if uh, my, I don't know if it's less biased, my differently biased opinion would be, I think, as a sort of comic book reader who wants to have an idea about history of comics place and things like, I think you need to read crisis and infinite earths Um, as a piece of comic book literature. That is an important part of the canon. It, it started a lot of things. It presaged a lot of things, a lot of things still refer to it. Um, It's really, it's a little dense and difficult and a little dated in its, wording basically you know like the sort of style of the scripting mm-hmm. not bad it's just of a different time it's marvelous uh the george perez art is i mean it is perez right i'm not wrong yeah for okay sure. it that that's really a thing yeah like that's a thing that that needs to be witnessed um, more than any of the other books we talked about I think the most important thing is look at look at what this person did because that was not very usual This that was a new thing and sort of like bring all of this stuff together and make it really wacky and it's it's over the top and it's melodramatic um, and it's really fun for that if you can get in the right headspace for it a- after that you know if you really wanted something and Connor said this doesn't really count and I think he's probably right but I don't care um, Identity Crisis is, is pretty interesting um, there's been some controversy about it since that but it's a standalone story it is an intro of a comic book writer you know it made a big splash right away um the art's great it's it's it stands on its own and it, it like it's one of the few stories where like they take superheroes really really seriously but it's fine like it's fun you can you can sort of go with it and it, and it, and it works for me and it worked yep. when I reread it too. If that's it? You would recommend just those two? Yeah. I mean like if, to start with, if you're like, wow, these were great and you want more, then I think you go on from there. I mean I think you can – you can see, I don't want to even say you can skip Infinite Crisis because I think there really is a
0: Act 1, Act 2, Act 3 when you laid those three crisis stories together. I don't even remember in, the other two very much. So. Infinite Crisis involves – so Crisis and in Infinite Earths was that there was all these multiverses and it gets smacked into one. At the end, there's just one DC universe. Infinite Crisis does the opposite. It it blows the multiverse back open. Um, it's directly tied to Crisis on Infinite Earth's characters from that book reappear. Mm-hmm. And then Final Crisis is sort of the bookend on all of it. It's not so much the multiverse thing, it's more about Darkseid, but although there is there is a multiverse, Superman and stuff like that. But it's not so much about fixing the multiverse as it is stopping Darkseid, but uh, you get the return of Barry Allen there where he died, the first one. I think it all, all three of those books sort of weave together and tell one overarching DC universe story throughout the decades. So if you want, if, if that sounds interesting to you, I would definitely recommend all three. If you just want to read the first one, read the first one, and that's fine too.
1: Right, yeah. But, I mean, that's where you're starting in any case.
0: Yeah. Contact at ifanboy.com, that's where you can write it and send your email for the show. We appreciate everyone who does that. And let's do some housekeeping. First, as I mentioned before, Dreadnought Legends number one, still available on Steam and Comixology. If you want to check out the book that I edited, written by Paul Montgomery, former co-host, and David Campo, former friend of the show. Uh, it's available now on Comixology, only $1.99, two bucks, which is about half the cost of your normal comics. So go, we'd appreciate that if you check it out for the holidays. It would, it would make us happy.
1: Then you can get over to iFanboy or to your podcast feed, and you can download my explode episode, Interview with Kenny, Katie Cook. Uh, of, of nothing special of my little Pony, of uh, Gronk, of, uh, of many, many, many wonderful drawings, Star Wars children's books and other licensed properties uh, on her career in cartooning, um, which I, I found very interesting because uh, you know she's not the typical person who went to a show and met people with their samples and then did an indie comic and then wanted to come up in the mainstream system. It was a, It was a different way of going about it. Um, and she's found a lot of success doing something that works within her style, um, which I think is really cool. In the next month we have uh, December will be the final books blow, the final special explode show
0: of the year, in which we talk about oh, my heroes have always been junkies from Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips. Yes, December. So December, yes, that's that'll be the next show. Okay. And then let's talk about the holiday schedule. So, uh, long time listeners know the show gets a little strange the last six weeks of the of the year. So we only have four more Pick of the Week episodes this calendar year. Pick of the Week 660 is uh, November 18th. 661 is the the Thanksgiving show, uh, uh, November 25th. And then two shows in December, 662 on December 2nd and 663 on December 9th. And then we take a break and the Pick of the Week show returns on January 6th. But in that intervening time, we'll have a couple of shows. The all-media show, which we look forward to every year, will come out on December 16th. And then we'll have Spider-Man to the Spider-Verse on probably December 15th, and Aquaman probably on December, that's not right, December 23rd. And then also in that time, we'll have two Hangouts for the patrons. If you're a patron at patreon.com slash iFanboy and a vision of voting and getting a superpower, you get to hang out with us once a month for an hour. We talk about nonsense. The November Hangout will be on November 11th, and the December Hangout will be on December 2nd. And so that's what's going on for the rest of the year. A lot of shows, but with some time off. Yeah, but there's you will you will you will not be lacking. That's
1: that's the point there. There's eight. There's eight shows, so it's a lot going on. <laughs> Head over yeah. to com. Seven shows, and you can count the shows and make sure that you get that right uh, after it's all over. And then yeah. and then if that number is not right, you can write to us and say, well, eight if you count the talks. Blood. So eight shows. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, so that was ifanboy.com you can find out the pick of the week is before the show comes out uh, uh, on facebook.com slash ifanboy or following at ifanboy on twitter uh, you can follow us individually J.A. Flanagan on twitter and instagram or just C.S. Kilpatrick on instagram
0: and if you like the show please consider writing our review on iTunes or even just leaving a star rating the star rating takes one click and you're done that's for any podcast you listen to that could be your holiday gift to that podcast is leave them a rating on iTunes or star, star review That or reverse that, star rating and a, or written review. It does help people find podcasts. New shows are especially uh, needy for those reviews and those ratings. So if you listen to a new podcast, give it a, give it a shout on iTunes or any place you listen to podcasts. It really does help them. But even better than that is to tell your friends. Word of mouth is always the best way. Once again, this week, someone put out the shout for people's favorite comic podcasts, and we got mentioned a bunch of times. We do thank everyone who does that. Um, anytime that question comes up, we do appreciate you helping to spread the iFanboy word all around the globe. Word. Even in Barcelona. Or Barcelona. Maybe a bunch of Andrews, they can all hang out and, and do Try really to find cool a comic stuff. shop.
1: <laughs> think, and think about Crisis. All right, that's this week's show. Until next time, I'm Connor. I'm Josh. Goodbye, and thank you.